You are listening to the Next Best Picture Podcast, and this is Daniel Howitt's interview with the director and writer for Io Capitano, Mateo Caroni. Mateo, congratulations on the incredible success of this film. Your last film, Pinocchio, was, was nominated for two Oscars, but what's it like having the film itself nominated for international film this time around? Well, it's, uh, we are very, very proud. It means that uh, the movie uh, arrive uh, and touch the earth of the of the of the audience, and and also it's very important for 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 the movie because uh, this nomination helped the movie to to be seen uh, around the world by the audience and show to the world wow, about this uh, about this injustice about this uh, this journey about this adventure about this odyssey so we hope that thanks to this important nomination then the movie will be seen more and more and and we are also very proud that it's been screened in 20 countries in africa so there is uh, in this moment there are a lot of uh, young that watch the movie and probably they will be more aware about the risk uh, of the of the journey and maybe i don't know if they will the movie will stop them but at least they will make aware about the the risk they are going through hmm. yeah i've heard you describe this film as a sort of reverse shot from the European perspective on immigration, can you tell me more about that perspective? What I I could say is that I start to work on this project because I think was important finally to give a reverse shot from what we used to see. We we are used to see both in in Europe, in Italy, in Europe both with uh, a lot of migrants arriving in Sicily, in Lampedusa or in other parts of Sicily, and the ritual count of the people alive and people dead, you know? So, and we wanted to try to humanize this number, to show that behind this number there are human beings, kids like our, our son, or how we were when we were 18, 19, or a human being that uh, want to to move. They want to have the right to move like we do. And so we, we show uh, the point of view of them. So the audience can live an emotional experience, an experience of making the journey through the eyes of them. So it's, that's why I say it's a reverse shot because we are used to see always from our point of view. And then uh, I would say that the movie show, thanks to the help, fundamental help that I, I, I have during the, the, the work, 
and the help of the real people that made this odyssey that uh, really made this journey so we we wrote the script together we we were on the set together all the extra in the movie are real migrants that live that experience and so i would say that time uh, i've been a sort of intermediator i put my experience at the service of their story trying to give finally voice to who, people that usually don't have voice and this i think is very important to sensibilize you know the audience young not young everybody in the world to make them aware about what does it mean to make this uh, the journey for for them the injustice of this uh, travel of this journey yeah i wanted to hear more about how you immerse yourself in this world to to learn more about the this this migrant experience in order to to tell an authentic story and if there was anything that surprised you along the way about what you learned or witnessed yeah we 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 make a long research photo video very tough because you can find things terrifying true that people on the desert, uh, death in Libya, tortured uh, video, it's really tough. And then um, I've been listening a lot of story. I've been listening a lot of story. And then I decide to put together two or three story to make only to make become one. And then when I was on the set, they, they were a sort of co-director with me, you know, because they they live that uh, that experience. So, I I, I don't want to say that uh, I I recreate in a, the journey in a didascalic way, but I made an interpretation. I put my vision at, at their service, but uh, we wanted to be uh, simple, true, authentic, for the respect of the people that made this journey, for the respect of the people that died. In this journey, because in the last 15 years, 27,000 people are dead, died in this, making this, this uh, adventure. And there are a lot, a lot of other thousand, thousand that we probably there are died that we don't know. You know, so I, I, we wanted together finally give a visual form to this part of the journey that we don't see. Some some of us maybe in Europe know, but no one saw it. And also try to tell a story of a different kind of migrant that we used. Because we are always used, at least in Europe, we were always think that this person on the boat arriving because escape from war or from changing climate or from desperation. Like if they have the rights to move only because they are escaping from war, not because they are human beings. <laughs> and so uh, we want to show that there are not only people that escape from war. There are also a lot of young, the 70% of the population in Africa is young, and the globalization is arrived very strong also there. So they have access to the social media. They can chat with people in, in Europe or in the States. Virtually, they can 
stay with them here, see image that made promise, and uh, and then they don't understand why they can travel easily to come in holiday in their country, and if they want to move and go there, they have to risk their life. They are young, they think that they are uh, unbeatable, and then uh, they start, they go like a, a, like a game at the beginning, you know? That's what I showed at the beginning. They start uh, and everything can look simple. They, they, and then things change. And when they start to change, it's too late to go back. You know, they enter in a system uh, where, you, where you can't go back. And so it's a sort of, uh, I would say, it's a sort of Homeric fairy tales. It's the journey of the hero. It's an adventure, epic adventure. Because they are the, the carriers of the contemporary epic today. So I think it's a movie that is accessible to a different part of public. It can be kids of the same age of them and can be adults. It's, uh, it's, I mean, in Italy, the movie has been screened a lot to the school. And I'm very happy that, uh, and I've been a lot to meeting young and it's very very important that they will screen also here in the states when they will be released in in france has been screened in a lot of schools also there because they can finally see this big tragedy from a different point of view they they discover that behind this number there are kids like them with the same desire same dreams same desire of discover the world or be, become singer or the parents that are worried. So you have to escape without saying anything to the parents. They immediately create a relationship with them uh, and they made the journey. They, they live this adventure through the eyes of them. So they are our future. So it's very important that uh, to sensibilize them, of course, not only the, the kids, but I think it's very, very important. And of course, it's very important also the screening in, the, in Africa for the same reason, because uh, there they will see what, they, what the risk they, that they are going through. Hey there. I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon. Yeah, I love the way that you center young people in this story with those hopes and dreams, and it, and it really comes to life. I, I'd love to hear about your experience directing a film mostly filled with non-professional actors and primarily speaking a language that you don't speak. What was that experience uh, directing those performers and how did you know you were getting the performances that you needed? Well, you never know about that. It's like when you 
a team of soccer by a, a soccer player and uh, you don't know if we will play good or not during the year. You know, it's always a challenge. Sometimes it's good, sometimes not. So I saw, because we made the casting, I saw them acting in some scene and they were very good, very natural. But I couldn't imagine that uh, they could arrive at such high level of uh, performance, of intensity. They are so pure, so human. That honestly surprised me, you know. The, so I think we, we have been lucky. The, the casting, we have done a long casting in Senegal. Mustafa was uh, studying theater. And Sedou, it comes from a family of actress, the mother and the sister. But his dreams was to be a soccer player. So he's been forced by the mother to, to go to the casting. And as I do, also I've done also in, in Gomorra, I mix not professional actor with also professional actor. So for instance, the, the actor that played the role of, uh, of Martin that created the Fontaine with him is a famous African actor from Burkina Faso. And also the mother of Sedou uh, is an actress. Uh, so in the movie, there are a lot of actors, but also a lot of uh, not professional person. I, I mix like I, I've done with, uh, with Gomorrah. Uh, and shooting the movie, I felt that there were a lot of things that remind me Gomorrah on the approach, you know, sometimes almost documentaristic in some part, especially in Libya. But also it reminds me a lot of Pinocchio because it's a, it's a coming of age. It's, a, it's the story of a, a boy that uh, betrayed the, the mother and, uh, and tried to, to look, to go with, the, with Lucinio to the land of Toy. So I, I found a lot of things close to my last movie, Pinocchio, in a way. And he's very innocent and pure in a way. So it was very, very interesting trying to mix this uh, Gomorra and Pinocchio, this uh, desire to be true at the same time is to be also abstract, like it's uh, a fairy tale. Yeah, I, I, and I think that that plays out in the visual style as well, the visuals of the film. I've heard you mention that you you wanted to not have people focus on the formal elements of the movie and sort of take yourself out of it and not have people so focused on the style of the film. What I, what I should say, we want it to be very simple. Yeah. It's, it's very difficult and invisible. That's the two key words. So there is a lot of work be behind, but the key word was for every, every, every department, DOP, costume, producer design, to be invisible. I wanted that the camera became invisible and that the audience forget about all the work that we have done be behind and made the journey, you know, the journey through the eyes of Sedu. So that was uh, our, our, our goal, you know, to, to make a movie where there is the light, but you don't see, you know, the, the, the DOP put the light, but you, you don't have to know to notice that. And uh, the camera, beautiful movement, but you 
it must be everything very natural and fluid that you don't notice my movement of camera you know so that's that's was the what was the from a, a point of view of expression structure principle yes that's great. And and you do still have some otherworldly elements like the woman floating in the desert. How did you blend those two together? Yeah, that's that's that comes from the idea of give to the audience also the possibility to discover the wound that he has inside in his soul, you know, the trauma because it's a coming of age. So during this uh, journey he changed you know he became a man and he passed through moments so violent that will remain for forever and so i wanted to to show through this moment um, more oniric the the mark you know the that the scars in the in the in the in the soul you know and so the moment where he tried to save the life of the woman and you know and she's so light that it became like a balloon or in the moment that is close to die the desire to be forgiven by the mother you know to see the mother for the last time for us to be forgiven so some of the moments that show is trauma in a way yeah and those moments are, are really really beautiful uh really impactful well, before I let you go, like you said, the film has been shown all over many different countries. Um, yes. Of course, uh, immigration is a, a huge topic of, of conversation here in America. And um, uh, it's a different experience, but it's very similar. Um, yes, yeah, universal. Yeah. What's it been like showing the film to American audiences specifically? What has what has well, the uh, response I, been here? I, I'm, I mean, the reaction has been... Uh incredible first of all because we we talk also about modern slavery so something that is also close you know to some of the topic what was it just tell me no? themes, the themes, themes from the themes and also because uh, in the states you know before or, or later everybody came to look for a better life you know when they all all day they are migrants in a way, <laughs> so they they move, you know, so they can relate it very well. And also, it's 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 a, it's an epic story. So the epic is crucial in the cinema, American cinema, you know, the the, the journey of the hero, you know, that fight, that struggle against a system injustice, you know. So it's a, it's a hero that fight for life, so for, for the the human rights, you know, for the the rights of uh, of um, live your life and your dreams, you know, and so ev every everybody can relate with this character, and so I hope, thanks to the Me Coin Media Group that the distribute distributor from twenty three of February will be released in the states. I hope that they will work very hard to to make the movie seen in the school. Like in Italy, in Italy we we had uh, a lot of uh, students, thanks to the teacher that have been in the morning. They went to to see the movie in the in the theater, and in France too, because it's very important. Because the young are the future, and they can be sensibilized 
buy a movie like this because they discovered that they behind this number, then they can be Mexican, they can be uh, from Venezuela, they can be doesn't matter. But behind these numbers, there are person, and behind this person, there are kids like them with the same dreams. So it's very important, and then the teacher can start to make also a discussion. Also because the movie is very accessible. It's an adventure movie. I can't wait for more people to discover it. Uh, it's a really beautiful movie. Matteo, thank you so much for your time today and thank you for the film. Thanks so much for you, for your, your, the talk that we have. Thanks Absolutely. so much. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to Daniel Howitt's interview with the writer and director for Io Capitano, Matteo Garone, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. EO Capitano is now playing in limited release from Cohen Media Group and is up for your consideration for this year's Academy Awards for Best International Feature Film representing Italy. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts to let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you all so much for listening, as always, and we will see you all next time. Watch them in unforgettable adventures, love affairs, and tragedies. Now it's time to hear their own remarkable stories. From the makers of Death of a Rockstar and Death of a Sports Star, this is Death of a Film Star. Starring Heath Ledger, Marilyn Monroe, Chadwick Boseman, Robin Williams, Carrie Fisher, and Bruce Lee. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. You've seen them tell stories. Now it's time to tell theirs.